A sheltered high school girl is bullied by everybody she knows and finds that she has the ability to strike back. We watch Carrie. Now let's head over to the prom. production of slasher sports and we're glad to have you with us today while we discuss one of my all-time favorite movies i'm final girl casey now let me welcome the rest of my co-hosts we have our bigfoot expert and our personal harshest critic the godfather of joel james james how did you feel about this movie in a few words i like this movie saturday night fever had my boy john travolta in it this yeah we did watch a john travolta movie this week and he went to a dance there was a dance so far, so good. Two for two. The Memphis Menace and an encyclopedic knowledge of classic horror, Rick. Rick, how'd you feel? I, man, I was really surprised. Like I told you guys earlier, I haven't watched in literally over 10 years. And man, it was it was, it was was awesome. It was really good. Good to come back to you. And yes. finally, with no nickname needed, the verified number one fan of slasher movies, Billy Graves. Graves, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I am Jesus Christ. I am glad to be here. Listen. <laughs> butchered the shit out of it. Well, you know, that's what we're here to do. But hey, listen, three times they've tried to recreate this movie. Three times they have failed. I mean, what more could you possibly need? You got sissy SpaceX titties. You got a dude with an immaculate head of hair. You got Krista Allen. Krista or Kristen? Krista. Uh, One of those Allen chicks. Or uh-huh. Nancy. No, it's Nancy, Nancy Allen. Allen. Oh, man, Nancy Allen. Man, Nancy Allen. All you need's Billy Grimes. <laughs> <laughs> Superstar Billy Graham. Good God. Okay, well, Superstar you know what? Superstar Billy Grimes. <laughs> well, this, this is a fucking great movie, y'all. I mean, it, Absolutely. outstanding pick. Outstanding pick. And I don't like to give credit to anybody for any reason. Really good pick. Well, I'll take credit. There's one reason Stephen King said this is his worst book ever. Did he say that? that. I think you're mixing up this and Tarantino. Even your dog's correcting you. (laughs) No. I seen where Stephen King threw this book in the trash and his wife picked it up and helped him write it. I don't think it was because it was his worst book. I think it was because it was his first book. This is a true statement. It's his first book. There we go. (laughs) There there needed to be more Bigfoot. There wasn't enough Bigfoot. James, do we have Bigfoot updates this week? Stephen King wrote this book. He hated it so bad, he threw it in the trash. His wife got it back out and helped him write it. It was a fact I learned today. Well, whose idea was it to put Sissy Spacek naked in the first five minutes? I want to give that person my sincerest thanks. There were a lot of people naked in the first five minutes. Sissy yeah. Spacek yeah. was of them. Mm-hmm. Nancy the, Allen was the other. The same guy the that directed Scarfville. 
I don't know, James. I do not know. But we're Brent, talking about it this week, and it's Benicio fantastic. Del Toro. <laughs> Definitely not Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> Nor Guillermo Del Toro. This movie was bound to determine for me to see, to see SpaceX titties, though. It was. And, you know, again, Nancy Allen, who I want to go ahead and get this out of the way. Let me just go ahead and get this out of the way. We don't have to talk about this later. Nancy Allen is a ball-peen hammer in this flick. I'm talking about every moment from the, the locker room at the opening to sitting in John Travolta's ride, giving him helmet, slapping the shit out of him at every turn. Yeah, there's Nancy a lot of Allen. slapping in this movie. I was like, damn, y'all. That's the kind of relationship I want. Movie. Just like open slapping each other and so meaning think... it in the most sincere way. Yeah. I think you're going to find a hard time with that. I will. And I've come to grips with it. I disciplined kid in high school in the 70s, so. And what about the hair? I didn't hair? go to high school in the 70s. We could ask Billy about high school in the 30s. Hmm. Okay, well, um, when I have my next kid and she's going to school in 2030, I'll let you know. Because I didn't fucking <laughs> go to school in the 30s. <laughs> Back then, we wore leather football helmets. <laughs> And that's why James is the way he is. So but the hair in this flick, the hair in this flick, let me say, I want, well, the, the guy, the prom date, fuck, we're, that's, yeah, I want Tommy's hair. He looks like a, he looks Herculean, if, if I may say so. He might not be built like anything, but he's got the hair of the gods. His Wikipedia page is from 2014 and he's still got a fair amount of hair. Man, I love it. I love everything about this movie. I love the slow burn. I love the ridiculous ending. Fantastic. How about the fast burn? The gym go going absolutely up in flames. You know, that that's, you know, skipping ahead a little bit, but this might be <laughs> the, uh, this might be the most anti, anticlimactic ending that there ever was. This was all climax. Okay. Oh, you did something that I didn't like, and all this time I've been teasing you guys with shaking ashtrays and moving stuff across the room. Well, how about this fire hose to the face? And how about me burning everything from here to Kingdom Come Down? Well, you've got it in this ending. This ending probably rivals, and it's a little cleaner than the ending of Beware Children at Play, that I still really wish we'd been able to see, but understandably not but this ending you know now that i think about it the ending of this one may be a little shorter than the ending from the 20 what 13 14 remake mm, i think 14 yeah 2014 with chloe moretz um that is the second best of the iterations of this film by the way but i prefer even with the it lower production 13. value 2013 okay well, yep. i prefer the tw the this the original version, even with a lower production value, over the 2013 version. Love it. Is it just me, or did Saturday Night Fever get a little darker? Saturday Night Fever got so much darker, and I was here for it. Saturday Night Fever's a little bit dark, though. I don't know. It's not all about dancing. I mean, it's it's about drug use. It's about uh, a, a guy uh, getting getting cheated on with his gal, uh, probably by a priest. Um it's got some really dark themes to it. And then it's got John Travolta dancing his fucking ass off. And I feel, I really do feel ripped off though, that we didn't get any dancing from John Travolta in this film. None. Not one step. And he looked like he was in his prime straight off of, uh, was it welcome back Cotter? Yep. Straight, I read straight off the set. He, 
Yeah, I was going to say, I read somewhere that he literally auditioned for this movie, like walked from Welcome Back, Cotter's set over to this one. I think I may have seen and, that as well. And I, uh-huh, think, I got my audio straightened out. That's good. Glad to hear. Amazing. So I think with this movie, and I know usually we're a little hesitant to get right into things, and for this one, we'll circle back after the game. But with this movie, we're giving away, what, 40-year-old spoilers, almost 50-year-old spoilers. So, Oh, yeah. You know. at, at some point, you have to, you know, you have to be relieved of those duties to keep the spoiler alert. I mean, let's just yeah. go ahead and say it. Spoiler I mean, alert. Everything in this podcast is going to be a spoiler if you listen to it long enough. Yeah, True. it's more than 50 but, years old, so... But also with this movie, we're seeing something like, I know you compared this to Beware Children at Play, which I did watch the ending of that movie, and it was something to be beheld. Mm. But this movie has such, like, stylistic, <laughs> iconic references to go back to. Like, I think if you showed the picture of her covered in blood to damn near anybody, they could tell you what it's from. Even if they've never seen it. Even if they're not a horror fan at all. Behold. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much well you know now, when, I think uh, before we get sorry go oh god what i'm disgusted with you <laughs> what what the hell did i do Let's i just got here <clears throat> and the nonchalant grab ass way you're taking this bigfoot situation it's time settle in Appar- for the bigfoot segment james please Appa- update apparently it is Sasquatch is real, Bill, and you need to take notice. I'm noticing something, all right. That's all I got to say. I'm so disgusted. Well, don't be disgusted with me, okay? Like, I'm not the only one who, uh, I guess is hesitant to believe your your cries for help, James. I think that's what they are, cries for help. I'm here to help It's not the ramblings of a madman, Bill. Look, James. Behold the t-shirt I got him. Yeah, I want y'all to see this. I I know the the listening audience can't see it, but this t-shirt that I'm wearing was a month-old birthday gift from James. (laughs) It is um, Crystal Lake Running Club, no, Running Team uh, t-shirt. Tagline, run for your life. It says two months, four lunches, and a ride to Hendersonville. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, home, the home of J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T, Jeff Jarrett. You don't know anything about that, Casey. Don't worry about it. Don't even ask. I sure don't. Nah, I'm not gonna. I don't know. What I will say is, before we get too far into this movie, since we've already spoiled the whole damn thing, we have a game to play. Oh, we do. And uh, you guys know how we determine the movies, the films, or as James's grandfather would say, the pictures that we are going to be reviewing. Well, we do that via the game, the Milton Bradley game, Crack the Case. Milton Bradley games are part of American culture, and so are horror. And I believe this is a great seg into what we're doing here, right? So, Crack the Case. I'm going to read, well, the case. The three of these yahoos get to solve the mystery by asking me, the moderator, yes or no questions. Now, there are going to be some I don't knows and some yes and knows. Like, say, um, you know, was uh, the guy where he shouldn't have been? Yes and no. Well, maybe he was where he was scheduled to be, but he was also not supposed to be exactly where he was. You know what I mean? That's the kind of answer you're going to get. You're going to get irrelevant. Um, define what you mean by your question and then rephrasings of your questions. So, Let's get this thing started, all right? The name of this case is The Lead 
anniversary. That's L-E-A-D, like, you know, um, pencil leads. Not even leads, graphite. Fucking liars. Like but, hot lead, Bill. Like hot lead, man. The lead anniversary. The case is as follows. Eileen was happy. Today was her wedding anniversary. To celebrate, she and her husband Bobby went for a long ride in the country, followed by a picnic on a secluded riverbank. Sometime during the meal, Eileen returned to the car, retrieved Bobby's revolver from the glove compartment, and fired four slugs into her startled husband. The mystery? What made Eileen kill her husband? We may as well go ahead and start the questions with Rick. Of course, I gotta go first. Um... Listen, you little dirt dauber. I had to pick somebody. Um, could have picked me, Bill. Yeah, you said, yeah. Uh, you said they were on vacation, right? Yes, I did. James, your question. <laughs> what? Oh, you take so much delight in that. <laughs> A secluded area, eh? Did she see Bigfoot? No. Casey, your question. Question for James. Why would seeing Big Bigfoot cause you to fire four rounds into your husband? Well, maybe Bigfoot was standing behind him. She missed so a, fucking hard. And she's or that was shot. the best way to do it. Well, maybe that's the best way to do it. Like maybe Bigfoot had him in a full Nelson, and <laughs> and the only way she was going to get him was with that gun. Maybe but she's not a very good shot either. Apparently not. You know, you're, okay. you're assuming that a woman can't um, fire a gun, James. I'm not doing that. I'm going to say it right now, Bill. If you must. Women can shoot guns. We all good. have heard. Take note. You're, you're, good. you're a good man, Jane. You're a good man. <laughs> all right. Casey? Is it my turn? It is. I'm not going to count your question to James as your question. <laughs> well, yeah, because it wasn't a question to you. So, you said they took a ride into the countryside. Was this in a car? Yes. Rick? Okay your question and i'm gonna allow a solving after the third round by the way which is also when i will give the first clue um did his wife see something that like scared her to make him shoot her to make him shoot her <laughs> i mean to make her shoot him sorry bang bang <laughs> um no she did not see something okay jables hmm what to do here bill ask a question casey your question just remember, guys, anything... That wasn't really a question. Any What to do, Bill? Ask a question. Anything that ends with a question is a question. With a question mark is a question. Casey, your question. Oh, it's Casey's question, James. You asked me a question already. It's not my, it's not my fault you didn't pay attention to what kind of questions you're asking. I'm still thinking. Well, you think about round three. Casey, your question. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> besides the clear-cut murder that we're seeing here, was there a crime involved to motivate this? No, a crime did not motivate. Okay. Rick? Were they the only two on their trip? Yes. What? Rick asked if they were the only two people on the trip. James, uh, your question. Was the man looking at something? Define what you mean by was the man looking at something. <laughs> was the man looking at something that made his wife upset? Oh, so you're you're, you're going with the, uh, the infidelity thing, or not the infidelity thing, but the wandering eyes thing. Like he saw that cake over there across the field and said, mm, I want some of that cake. And I don't mean sweet stuff. I'm talking about that booty. Yeah. Is that what your question is, James? Yeah. No. <laughs> Casey, your question. 
Okay. Um, was there infidelity involved in this case? Yes. Okay. Rick, it will be your question as soon as I give clue number one. Eileen smelled a rat. Rick, your question. Was Eileen, you said Eileen is her name? That's not my question. (laughs) Eileen. 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 Please don't take my man. Eileen. First of all, I want to give a hats off to our goddess, our Tennessee royalty, Dolly Parton. We love you. Everybody say hello to Dolly Parton. She's a saint. She is royalty. Okay. Uh, Whose question? Oh, it's uh, Rick's question. Okay. Okay. Was she jealous of something? Yes. Would you like to solve? Uh, No. Jimbo? Was her husband cheating on her? Yes. Is she shooting because he was cheating on her? That is a fact, James. What made Eileen kill her husband? She found that he was cheating on her. But you must discover what made her realize that he was cheating. Because they're out in the field, James. Okay? There's no Bigfoot coming and whispering in her ear. The sweet nothing. Well, old dummy hey probably there, told her to go get something out of the car and use the other woman's name. So she come back with old hot lead on him. No. Her name's Eileen. He said, go get me that. T, Barbara. And Eileen said, who the hell's Barbara? <laughs> oh, man. That Hot is... Uh... And uh, the next movie will be... Well, hang, well, what? hang on, James. <laughs> hang on there, buddy. Slow down. <laughs> he did not Turn call her by... Week. He didn't call <laughs> her by another name. Weekend at Bernie's. You don't have to call me darling. <laughs> Darling. I hate y'all. <laughs> Alright, so R.I.P. Charlie Pride. Get back home. So, would you like to solve it, James? As deep. No, you didn't. <laughs> so how did she know that he was cheating on her? That is That's, our goal. That, 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 that is what we are trying to determine. And it wasn't because he said the wrong name. It wasn't because he said the wrong name. Her, yeah, he didn't say, hey, Barb. Go get me that jogging in a jug out of the car. <laughs> Go get me that Mona V, Lisa. <laughs> you got a solution, James? Well, maybe she's seen the picture of the other woman. Casey, your question. Um, was the way that she found out he was cheating something to do with the gift that he got her? He didn't get her no gift. It's their anniversary, James. I'm assuming. Oh, well, maybe that's why we're in the shape we're in, James. Never oh, know she got a little for... hot lead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no gift is relevant to this case. Would you like to try to solve, though? Um, no, not yet. Okay. I've Clue... got the answer. Clue number two, Rick, before you ask your question is... The blanket couldn't quite cover up Bobby's activities. Your question, Rick. Um, dun, 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 dun. I've got the answer. Did, did like the other girl like hide in the trunk or in the back seat or something? And <laughs> like, she, popped, she popped out and then like the, his, his. I'm here, bitch. And then like he shot her or she shot him. I mean, hey, buddy. I'm gonna kill you. He used the blanket to cover her body up and killed her. Rick is oh, ready well, to hang... screenplay with his. Oh with yeah, his so you're. So you think? Bobby. You so, left a little word. so you think Bobby had the the cadaver 
of his lover in the trunk and covered it with the blanket. And they went to a <laughs> picnic, and he's like, well, hey, let me just use this blanket. <laughs> well, hey, let me just uncover this dead body. Yeah. That sounds like a real good anniversary. Jane, or Rick, would you like to solve? Maybe. Oh, I killed her for you. Let's go to this secluded area. James, what's your answer since you know it? Come on, buddy. All right, so they were in a secluded area, right? Hit him, Godfather. What's around? Well, he either carved something in the ground or on a rock or on a tree stump or something and tried to cover it up with a blanket, and she's seen it. Would you like to try to solve, James? I just did. <laughs> so you want your question to also be your attempt to solve? Is that yes. what you're saying? Well, both are wrong. Casey? your question no i believe that's right bill yeah you're right i just decided i just decided to not let you win even knowing goddamn well you're gonna give me a werewolf movie for next week you really need to listen to what i just said there besides saying is that your question because (laughs) i really don't know what else it could be well you're gonna have to come up with something else because that ain't it casey sorry i'm recovering um did he have a james no no. Okay. Remember, our clues were Eileen smelled a rat, and the blanket couldn't quite cover up Bobby's activity. I do. Let... I do want to solve. I was wrong. Whoa, 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 you, whoa, whoa. I, I see. I just read the <laughs> clues because we were going to the next round. I wanted to refresh you guys with the clues. I've been refreshed. Well, yeah, but it is now past your turn. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what you call cheating. Fine, I'll wait. Ricardo de Memphis. Um, so did the guy hire a, Lord. Like a did he hire like a, did he hire Batman? Did, no, did, did um, it's Batman. Hire, did the dude hire a person to kill his wife and then she saw the hit person? <laughs> the hit person this is like a politically yeah. correct you know because it, we can't just assume mm-hmm. the hit the hit man's not a woman right so she's okay you're saying a blanket and to smell, person. smell something that's you think something's wrong and a blanket you cover up a damn dead body okay calm down rick you ain't got to get hot about it <laughs> so, smell a rat. there was no <laughs> hit my person blanket, was my she blanket in the won't cover my feet <laughs> <laughs> there was no hit person rick would you like to try to solve that sounded a lot like a solve anyway was she in the mob <laughs> no <sighs> i don't know dude this was is it... jimbo give it to me was it something on the ground that tipped her off define what you mean by something on the ground was there an object on the ground that tipped her off define what you mean by object <laughs> i'm trying to push you guys in the right direction here now because Sissy Spacek is aging by the time this is uh, under wraps. Still hot, though. Oh, God. Hmm. Was there an article of clothing Thank on the you. ground? Thank you. No. Casey. <laughs> you can just hear the, the disdain in James's voice. Ugh. Um. Did she smell another woman's perfume on him? You're goddamn right she did, Casey. And investigators must discover that Eileen killed her husband because she smelled her sister's distinctive perfume on the picnic blanket and knew that he had a romantic interlude on it with her sister. So he was trying to. Oh my God. He was. <laughs> that None of them clues would lead me to believe that it was her sister. Well, well I never didn't know that. No. Yeah, she the, didn't the even sister. have a sister. I didn't know she had a sister. Well, you know what would have done that? Asking. We now have to start every round with, what is their family tree? 
<laughs> well, you know, but that wasn't the part of it. The the part was smelling the perfume. It doesn't have to be the sister. Just smelling the perfume of another woman solves this crime. And that's why she shot him. But yes, the clues would have told you everything. Uh, Eileen smelled a rat. Uh, a she smelled don't something. Cover up perfume, especially if the perfume's on the blanket. <laughs> cover up can also mean hide. Okay, it's not doing either one of those. The blanket couldn't cover up Bobby's activity. Okay, it's not so, covering up nothing. Right, so the the blanket, exactly. If I that, you up with a blanket, I can't see you. I can still smell you. That's the operative part of the word couldn't. The not part, James. Uh, Whatever, Bill. Am, am I wrong? I won this if, round. If I said that the blanket could not cover up Bobby's activities, I won I, I, I'm not saying that it Bill. did cover up his activities. You flat-footed son of a bitch. <laughs> damn, this is going off the rails. I won this damn round, Bill. <laughs> well, Casey's got something to say about that. Casey, two weeks in a row now, you've won this fucking thing. I want to say I'm proud of you. But you're not. But I'm not gonna. You'll just hold it in your heart forever. Forever. Well, now that you've won, you get to pick two weeks in a row. Like, do you already know what, what it's going to be? You got, you're going to sit on this? What's going on? I'm going to sit on this, actually, see. because <laughs> last week I knew exactly what I wanted to watch. But this week I think I'm going to have to think about it until the end of the podcast. <laughs> that sort of oh, menacing. <laughs> it's, I was like, yeah, that was not good. Okay, well, that's the, that's the end of the game. I guess we can jump into the movie that we came to review. Yeah, let's go. All right. And, and, so and it's, and well, it's a movie. First of all, let me say this. Uh, according to my good friend and listener, Jay Bustos, Carrie is the classic <laughs> coming <laughs> of age flick. Is that my that's name? True. No, you're not Jay Bustos. Jay Bustos. Jay is uh, one of our good friends of the show and personal friend uh, from Kilikali. He and wife Amelia uh, listen to the show quite often and give the best feedback. Amelio! No, not Emilio. Amelia. Amelia and Jay. Well, we appreciate that, that yeah. uh, comment on the movie. Yeah, it was a good coming year. of age movie. A great one. Very much so. And that coming of age happens right in the opening scene. <laughs> Oh, immediately. So we get right into the movie. I'd like you to take note. I'll tell you, that made me sick. (laughs) Hold on. Just just a second. So we actually open on a volleyball sequence, and I'd like you to take note of Norma. Norma is wearing a red hat, and you will never see her without that red hat. I just like that as a tracking point (laughs) in the movie. Yeah. So first of all, we would murder that volleyball team because they fucking suck. Oh, like I'd be the carry of that volleyball team. But you know what? You've got so much support from from me, James, and five foot five Rick that it wouldn't matter. It would not matter. These guys were terrible. So you know, that. it reminds it reminds me of the time, uh, James. You might remember this. Uh, remember when we were in fifth grade and we got that new phys ed uh, teacher, Coach uh, Coach Harris, and uh, he always let us play dodgeball. But he would like have the boys against the girls and. <laughs> he would be like and keep in mind this is a one horse town like 1500 people that lived in it at the time he'd say boys gotta throw with their left hands well guess who's left handed and didn't say anything about it oh moi I am too you're not left handed yeah I am you're lying through your teeth right now Rick I, I'm weird okay I, I write with my right hand but I shoot a basketball with my left I throw a baseball with my left I bat left handed here we go. So, James, um, are you right-handed? 
No, I can't. Yeah, I am actually ambidextrous. I'd give my right arm to be ambidextrous. What? I can do anything with either hand. That is a lie, James. You can't even write with your good hand, and you're sitting (laughs) there talking about, I can do everything with both hands. No, you cannot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. Carry on. Carry so, on, get it? Uh, very close. I can <laughs> slap you with my left or my right hand. <laughs> you know, uh, like looking back at this case, you know, I said carry on, and we're covering Carrie. Uh, this uh, th- th- that case with Eileen. Uh, Bobby was, uh, you know, trying to come on Eileen by listening to "Come on Eileen." <laughs> Never mind. Go ahead. I hate you. Fine. <laughs> so Fine. what? As a classic coming of age movie. We open with a shower scene where we oh, see yeah. someone have a coming-of-age moment. Carrie oh, yeah. is, what, 16, 17 years old, senior in high school, and she starts her period in front of all of her classmates. I personally oh, yeah. cannot imagine. Like, everybody is naked in this scene, okay? Like, yes. Like, this was everything I imagined to be, though. Like, is that girl wearing a miniskirt? Nope. That's just her uh, map of Tasmania. You know, I, I'd i never seen... It looked like... Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I thought this was some feminist movie. It is. <laughs> well, you know, it reminds me of the... I knew, I, I just knew deep in my heart that women's locker rooms were either like this or like the, the women's locker room in Teen Witch where they all sang together. I like, like the women's Teen locker Witch. room in Porky's. Something like is, that. Is what I imagine. Okay. As a woman who has been in women's locker rooms, I hate to yes. shatter your dreams. It's Don't a pretty it. standard locker room. Just changing and moving on. Sorry, y'all. Well, pack it up, boys. It's been a good run. <laughs> Close it down. It's been a good run. So, well, you know, I think the only reason Carrie wasn't popular in this movie was because like no boy had ever watched her shower. <laughs> uh, that might be she like would have out- been a little more popular. Oh yeah, outside of just straight masturbation, that has got to be the most sensual bathing I've ever seen in my life. Like she yeah. even dropped she dropped the soap and my asshole didn't even slap shut. Okay, that's how sensual it was. I mean... I'm very uncomfortable right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uncomfortable with the energy that Billy has brought us today. That's the only energy I've got. Well, we know what type of energy Billy brings to the table. Just unadulterated, man. Unadulterated. I don't even know if that word means what I think it means. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like any other intimate moment, the period ruins it. Well, sometimes it'd be like that. However, we see these girls go absolutely fucking feral. Carrie (laughs) is freaking out because she has no idea what's happened to her. And we'll see a little bit more of why later when we meet her mom. Carrie's freaking out. She's screaming, running up to girls, grabbing them. They start pelting her with pads and tampons. (laughs) That's what I would have done. I mean, (laughs) yeah, stop that. What are they yelling when they're throwing all these pads at her? Um, plug it up. Like, plug it up. Plug it up. Plug, plug it, it plug up. Plug it in. <laughs> well, I'm sure those Glade plugins smell better than, than this room. But, yeah, I mean, are all ga- girls scared <laughs> like like this when they get their first period? Casey? Rick? <laughs> <laughs> if you started bleeding uncontrollably from your dick and you didn't know what was happening, I argue you'd be scared, too. Well, it happens to me every three weeks, okay? You guys only get it, like, once every four. So. You know, I didn't know that. Me of that steam in the Lord of the Flies. <laughs> well, when it happens to me, I just look down and assume there's a new pope, but... <laughs> every three weeks. 
<laughs> the Catholic Church is a revolving door of popery. Yeah, that's why they have to put the Roman numerals after their name. Assume the position. <laughs> so, even the gym teacher comes in, slaps the shit out of this girl, trying to get her to calm down. <laughs> yes! So, it reminded me of that she scene in... manhandles her. Completely! And it reminded me of that scene in Airplane, where everybody's trying to calm the lady down, and they all form a line behind, you know, the person, there's a guy with a crowbar, there's a guy with a boxing glove, and, uh, you know, Leslie Nielsen's like, you gotta calm down, just slaps shit out of her. I love this scene for all the wrong reasons. Collins. What? That's a good old Miss Collins, it's her name. Miss Collins. Collins. Hey, in the running for the hammer. Played by Betty Buckley, went on to originate the role of Grizabella in Cats and win a Tony. We didn't even go over the cast, did we? Oh shit, Rick, do your rundown. I was do like, it, baby, uh, what are we doing? Uh, okay, so obviously we're doing Carrie. Y'all know that by now already. Um, the director Brian De Palma, he's done a lot of amazing movies. He did The Untouchables, one of my all-time favorite mob movies. He's done Mission Impossible. He's done Body Double. He's done Carlito's Way. He's done Bow Out. Um, yeah. Anyway, he's done Scarface. Um. It was a book by Stephen King, um, and then it was made on November 3rd, 1976. It's 98 minutes. Um, its budget was only $1.8 million. It grossed over $33 million, so I'm pretty sure it did well. <laughs> um, and um, some of the actors and actresses, uh, Sissy Spacek, she plays Carrie White. Uh, she was in uh, Coal Miner's Daughter. She was in The Help. Uh, she's been in a lot of other things. Um Piper Laurie played Margaret White, her mother. Uh, she was in the original movie The Hustler in 1961. She was in Children of a Lesser God in 1986. Um, she won Golden Globes for Twin Peaks. Um, the TV series Amy Irving played Sue. Um, she has won some Golden Globes for film and stage and television. She's also a singer. Um, William Catt played Tommy Ross. Uh, he's best known in the television series as the Great American Hero. Um he was in Butch Cassidy in the sun in the or Butch Cassidy in the early days. Um, John Travolta, of course, everybody knows him as uh, you know Scientology's weirdo. Yeah, that's uh, him. He was in Welcome Back, Connor. He's been in Saturday Night Fever. He's been in Phenomenon. He's been in Face Off. He's been in Get Shorty. He's been in the remake of Hairspray in 2007. Uh, Pulp Fiction. He's been in a lot of stuff. Grease. Um, Nancy Allen played Chris. Um, I really couldn't find out what she was in, uh, honestly. RoboCop, man. RoboCop. Oh, yeah. She's uh, a Betty female Buck- lead in RoboCop. As Casey said, she was in Gribbazilla. I've never seen Cats. Don't care to. Um, PJ Souls. She's been in um, John Carpenter's Halloween. She was in Rock and Roll High School. Uh, fun fact about her, she's a German-born actress. She's originally from Germany. Who knew that? Uh, Priscilla Pointer was Eleanor in the film. Um, couldn't really find a lot she was in. Billy, anyone know? I don't even Ooh. know who Priscilla was in the movie. Priscilla Priscilla Pointer was Eleanor, the character Eleanor. I don't know who that is either. All right, let's continue on. Uh, well, she, yeah, she was uh, um, Priscilla Pointer. Yeah, she played in A Nightmare on Elm Street 2 or 3. But who was okay. she in this movie? Eleanor was a car and gone in 60 seconds. Mrs. Mrs. Snell, right? Was uh... Yeah, just Eleanor Snell was the character's name. Yeah, she was Mrs. Snell. Um, and then 
Uh, Stefan Girish was the principal. He's just really known for television and a film actor. Um, and then there's a cameo by Brian, Brian Del Palma's son, Cameron Del Palma, who when the boy gets the boy Davy Crockett Jr. lookalike gets yeeted off the bicycle. That's him. <laughs> <Sure> does. <laughs> he gets completely yeeted. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when Sissy Spacek was prepping for this film, she stayed away from everybody. Like, she... I mean, she made sure that everybody was cool with it, but she stayed away from everybody in the cast. She surrounded herself with like heavy religious uh, artwork, uh, especially uh, Gustave Duret's illustrated Bible. And she really studied the like the body language of the people being stoned for their sins and either ended or began every scene uh, in one of those positions. Now that's something to like rewatch and look for, especially if you know what you're looking for, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to look for. Well, even if you don't know what you're looking for, I think we see a whole lot of religious iconography in this movie because once Carrie gets home, she's sent home from school, not before knocking over and shattering an ashtray off her principal's desk, which that nobody mm -hmm. noticed. Yeah, they just kind of seemed annoyed with it falling. But yeah. why would it fall smack off a desk with nobody touching it? Like, they should well, have been more not only Not she only that. light bulb, too. Well, not only that, though. Th that ashtray is sitting there wobbling on the table, making noise. And everybody's just like, well, Carrie, I don't know what's going on. How do you <laughs> not look and see this ashtray moving? And nobody seems worried about it whatsoever. Unfazed. So, we see Carrie sent home from school. We see her knock over the little Davy Crockett kid. And when she gets home, she walks into a house that is not like, you know how your mom might have a cross on her wall that says like live, laugh, love or a Bible verse or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's not the dainty iconography of this house. This house is wall to wall religious emblems signs giant crucifixes everything and even beyond the decor of this house we see a whole lot of people in like christ pose we see one of the coolest shots in this movie to me is the shot of carrie looking in the mirror at herself with the big like jesus imagery behind her that we also see through the mirror well you know piper laurie actually thought that her character was you know too over the top to, to really be taken, you know, in, into like a serious horror film. And, you know, the director, De Palma, had to, you know, tell her, like, look, this is not a black comedy. And she thought it was a black comedy. And I, I guess maybe looking at Nancy Allen and um, John Travolta's characters later, uh, you know, maybe they were a little bit laughable. Maybe they were comic relief. But, uh, you know, Piper Laurie thought that this was a black comedy. He said, no, this is a horror film. So, uh, you know, she's constantly, like, breaking out into laughter between takes and... Uh, I mean, the dialogue itself was, you know, humorous to her. And, like, to this day, she still thinks, or she still feels that Carrie is a black comedy, which is the craziest thing in the world to me, especially knowing that, how the movie ends. That's wild. And it is over the top, but it's because of the person that we're seeing is, by all means, the most rabid, religious, I mean, absolute fastidious practice of Christianity. But they go Nothing out of their like way. I've never seen before. They go out of their way to, I don't want to say misquote, but like not quote properly, um, you know, the Bible. So I guess to not offend any religious people. Um, oh, it's you know, Pulp Fiction levels of not in the Bible. Oh, yeah, mo most certainly. And even the uh, the figurine <laughs> that Sissy Spacek is, is praying to later isn't, uh, it's, it's not Jesus. It's, it's, it's not a statue of Christ at all. It's uh, St. Uh, Sebastian? Is that that right? I didn't know. 
Yeah, no so clue. that is definitely not that. Hey, that is definitely not Jesus. That mm. is uh, San Sebastian. But so, does that mean that, like does that mean her mom's Catholic then if she's praying to a saint? Can we infer um, that? No, or like I think she's doing her own thing. Okay, because she's not saying anything out of the Bible. She's got her own opinions on you know getting your period, which is a rite of passage that many women go through, is based solely in your sins. That you wouldn't get it if you were not a sinful person. So Carrie comes home. Her mom basically greets her by screaming at her and slapping her in the face with the fact that she is a sinner from hell and that all women are sinners and that the first sin was... Lustful thoughts, maybe? No. The first Everybody sin... Everybody knows that's how you react to that situation. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> Mentioned something to her about sex. Yeah, I, I don't. I couldn't figure out whether she was um, whether she was blaming her for having. Yeah, but I don't know if she was blaming her for having sex or if she was blaming her for having lustful thoughts. I think she backed off the sex thing when uh, you know Sissy Spake, uh, Carrie is saying, "No, Mama, I didn't sin." She says, well, "You must have thought about it or something." You, I can't remember exactly what the quote yeah. was. Then she shoves her in a closet, basically drags her. Carrie is also manhandled, not 10 minutes after the first time, into a closet that she shuts her and locks her in the dark to pray and basically think about what she's done. Yeah, and this one was a little bit difficult. This scene was a little bit difficult to watch because, honestly, um, and really to listen to, because um, Sissy Spacek has that southern accent, a pronounced southern accent. And it, it when she's begging her mom... To stop what she's doing or to, you know, take it easy on her. She's like, no, mama, I didn't do... Well, that sounds like every kid I knew growing up, except for fucking James Brown. And whenever any kid that... Maybe I went to a sleepover or something. If they got in trouble and they were getting a spanking, they sounded just like this. So it was almost, I don't want to say triggering because I'm not at all triggered by it. But, I mean, it just took me far back to childhood hearing, you know, these these parents who were not not reasonable and not able to be reasoned with. And I just heard that that pleading far too many times. Very good scene. Great scene. So we see this girl who's being, you know, emotionally and physically abused at school and then emotionally physically abused at home. It gets so better she's nowhere. Coming no, she doesn't have any, you know, point of relaxation or anything where she can decompress or find safety in her surroundings. She just constantly at odds with the world. And I did verify that the the statue, the icon that she's praying to is St. Sebastian. And St. Sebastian's is actually a Catholic church in Santa Paula, California, where some of the parts of the movie were filmed, uh, including um, that White House. But St. Sebastian was uh, shot with arrows. And that'll come, you know, that'll have, bear some significance later in the movie. For sure. So from there, we've got Carrie in a closet. She's let out of the closet. And this is the first time I really notice one of these shots that's really cool. Brian De Palma used something called a biop lens where you can see something close up and something far away in the same shot clearly. So we see Carrie's mom at the front of the scene sewing and we see Carrie in the back and her mom sends her to bed. And she gets up to her room, and the scene that I was talking about earlier, she's looking in the mirror, and she's looking with such intensity, and we see that her room is pretty bare, not a lot going on, but she does have, like, this absolutely ominous 
Jesus picture in the background. So we see Carrie very clearly looking in the mirror. And then from behind, we see this extremely ominous picture of Jesus looking right at her in the mirror as well. Mm. And then she cracks the mirror. Yeah. And uh, is this where the psycho music comes in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So to... I'm going to ask that. I noticed during a lot of the scenes, was that on purpose, Casey? Or Yeah. I looked into it as well just because I was curious because you do hear yeah. it and that's, you know, iconic within its own right. That little four note uh, riff, I don't really know what you would call that. It happens multiple times in the movie and it is supposed to be an homage to Psycho. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wasn't sure, and I heard it, and I was like, wait a second, that's from Psycho. I was like, okay. The name so, of the high school is Bates. Yeah. Is it really? Well, the, the name of the, the city or the town is Bates. So, oh, yeah. Well, the, Bates the, or something. Yeah, yeah so uh, Bates High School is uh, where they go. Um, but, yeah, going back to the, the notes, though, um, it is a, like a four-note violin theme, right? Um, apparently, De Palma didn't know or at least wasn't sure. It was like after he made the decision to use that cue that he realized Psycho had already used the exact music, but he went with it anyway. And I'm guessing, I, I don't know why he wouldn't know that. Psycho came out in what, 60? 1961? Uh, what? 60? 60. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about 17, 16 years prior. I mean, surely he knew. I, I don't believe for a minute the, uh, you know, the, the, the thought that he didn't know. I would think that too, like that he would absolutely have to have come across that with how big Psycho is or even like was at the time, you know, groundbreaking works as a filmmaker, you know, alongside Hitchcock, you're, you're going to see some of these more, you know, famous movies. Cause even at the time that was a pretty big one. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. So we see this through the crack mirror and then we revert back to school, right? So we've got the teacher reading Tommy's poem. The kids are messing around, not really paying much attention. And then at the end, the teacher asks for criticism, and Carrie says the poem is beautiful, which is a nice thing to say. And everyone, including the teacher, immediately starts making fun of her. So even the <laughs> teachers are not supportive of this girl. Like, Miss Collins, the gym teacher, kind of calmed down when she realized that Carrie was having a meltdown because she'd never had her period before. This teacher openly mocks her in front of a class full of students who already don't like this girl and make fun of her like crazy and tommy seems bothered by it oh yeah first of all john ritter was considered for this role um really? i don't know i don't know how different that would have been but i do feel like he would have brought a, a different level of you know a, a few different scary. layers <laughs> yeah john ritter was supposed to play carrie james <laughs> Billy, Billy, is no? john ritter the guy from Who's the boss? No, Three's Company. You you know who Three's I'm talking company. about though. Yeah. Joey Buttafuco? Definitely not. What was Definitely. His name? John Ritter was Jack Tripper. No, who's the boss? Uh, was, <laughs> Tony Danza. Tony Danza. <laughs> Come and knock on our door. I like Tony Danza. Yeah. Billy, that, mention that because Melanie Griffith was considered for Carrie. Well, I'm glad she wasn't fully considered. She would have been fine. <laughs> she would have been fine. But Sissy Spacek, yeah, she would have held her Who? own. Melanie Griffith. Melanie Griffith. That's what I said, James. Anyway. I guess you, I guess you got a problem with Melanie Griffith. <laughs> Long-standing beef. Nah, I'm trying, I'm just trying to pick. who it is. Okay, okay. Well, we'll let you do that. But <laughs> she was supposed to be Carrie, and it turned out to be Sissy Spacek, which I am so glad that Sissy Spacek played. Or John the, Ritter. Or John Ritter could have been a great Carrie. But here's Post the thing. Here's the question that I have is why is it that 
Carrie has this southern accent and literally no one else in this film has it. Not even her own mother. I mean, we're just talking about a mistake, right? Like, they didn't bother coaching this girl into speaking like she's not from the deepest of Souths. Yeah. But Maybe she just moved there, Bill. She Rick didn't her, even notice. But her mother. But her, oh God, yeah, Rick. I don't. I don't know how Rick doesn't notice being from Memphis. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I. I don't really have an accent at all. So. Oh okay. Oh, listen to you. From Memphis talk. We get it, Rick. You're rich. You can afford speech lessons. I, I know. Unlike James over here. Oh no! <laughs> listen, if James was ever given money for speech lesson, he he pocketed that money and went to Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> look at these overalls i, I built <laughs> look at these overalls i bought with my speech money bill <laughs> look at them overalls bill look at them where so were we the... i could be a i could be a classically trained actor when i bought these overalls instead <laughs> so onward we we break over to the gym where the girls who have absolutely brutalized carrie in the locker room are getting a talking to and punished for their action what did you guys think about this scene well this is where i really started to pay more attention to nancy Allen than anyone else in this film and I'll tell you right now, this <laughs> this is what solidified her as the hammer. It wasn't even the scene where, uh, you know, she's given helmet to, to Travolta and, like, talking to him at the same time. Uh, that with was no, my concern. <laughs> with no muffled... <laughs> oh, she's I'm not like face down in his lap just saying Billy over and over again while touching his chest and then says, I hate Carrie White. Yeah, yeah. that's what did it for me, just saying Billy with you know <laughs> penis in her mouth was that, that's what that's what got me she maybe it has nothing to do with her in her mouth you call that technique she had, she yeah had absolutely nothing in her mouth and was yeah. just Wayne talking and technique. degrading a class yeah she just put it like in the side of her cheek like a squirrel hides you know acorns and didn't he like, slap her in the car didn't he do that like listen they yeah, slapped each other throughout times. this film yeah and then she's like oh just kidding come on to me now and i'm like dude what the hell yeah, like, she was literally, you know, throat deep on Travolta five seconds after he slapped her. Yeah. Well, some people like that type of thing. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, ugh. Well, but back to the gym scene. Um, you, you really start to see Miss, uh, Miss Gym Teacher. What, what's her name? Miss Collins. Miss Collins. Collins. You, you really see Miss Collins as kind of, you know, the caretaker because, you know, Carrie's not getting it at home. She's not getting any support at school. Even the teachers are making fun of her. Miss Collins has really taken over as the guardian here. And, you know, she, she's going to remain that through the film. And, like, what, what's funny about this is she's, what, two years older than anybody in this film? And she's playing their teacher? Yeah. About, yeah. Yeah, and she puts all those girls through the ringer, giving them the spiels about how, you know, you don't know how she feels. I'm going to try to take away your prom passes. And they're like, you know, what the hell? No, you, you can't do that. You know, and then she's like, oh, just kidding. You'll get 15 days of, what did she say, 15 days of uh, detention or whatever? And then... Um, they get a week of detention. She week. wanted them to have three days suspended. Yeah, and then they were like, oh, and then she's like, oh, by the way, you can get your prom passes taken away if you don't show up. And I'm like... I'm like, okay, I, I like this woman now because she's sticking up for Carrie, you know? Yeah, she's one of very few good adults in this film. Yeah. This reminds me of that time I got in trouble. Oh. Bill, remember that? <laughs> yeah. I got in trouble. 
I had to go to ISS. Oh. I wrote that werewolf story. What? <laughs> you don't remember that? I don't remember Did you, you ever getting... Got like, uh, I got like so many checks in one day. A check is what, like a demerit. Huh? I'm just explaining to you know the listeners and to oh. our panel here what you know what checks were. Uh, you get a, you, you got to go to the bathroom when uh, you know when you're in the middle of class. The teacher's going to give you a check. You get two checks. No, you gotta serve no, them. no, no, no. Well, some like of us, right? Gum. Yeah, the, it, or... yeah. Anything, yeah, anything that's Talking a demerit. Line or something. Listen, you're going to tell me that I you don't get checks for going to the restroom oh, during class. We got no check for going to the bathroom. Okay, by God, we'll go back in time and talk to Coach Duffer during social studies class in seventh grade when that bastard gave me a check for going to the restroom. And, I, and I, that's the day I threw up at school, James, because I got sick smelling those damn dissected sharks. <laughs> what? Anyway, carry on with your story. I'm sorry. Anyway, I got like, I don't know, you got so many checks in one day, you got in-school suspension. Mm-hmm. Well, I did it. I got the number of checks it took to get a one day of ISS. Which is like four or five. Sit in that little room all day, and I wrote a werewolf story. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I shared it with you, Bill. You've never shared this story with me whatsoever. Come out of prison. And I hate you for it. <laughs> I gained 10 pounds and wrote a werewolf picture. <laughs> well what happened in the picture james i don't know i still got it somewhere probably it was like five or six pages i was very creative in there by myself well as big as you write that's like three paragraphs <laughs> okay well, it well, you know, story, Bill. i bet it was if it had a wolf and your penmanship but you know during this scene though casey where uh miss collins is chewing out all the girls in school uh the director is actually standing uh behind or just like just off the screen of uh of sue uh who's played by amy irving hammer candidate but he's like whispering all this like terrible thing you know these terrible things into her ears to make like the look on her face seem genuine i don't know why he would do that, that. she looks I mean, bad uh well, maybe or that she looks like upset rather i should say mm-hmm, that she looks yeah more upset but I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you want to trust your actors to, to be able to pull that off. Well, that reminds me of a very famous thing later on in Scream during the opening scene. Wes Craven is actually on the phone with Drew Barrymore whispering or telling her facts about animal abuse because she's such a big like PETA inspired vegetarian stuff. So directors definitely will take their cues to get you to act the way they want you to act. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. And in the movie Shocker, he's on the front porch when he comes outside and asks, asks what the commotion is. What? Well, hey. The, the, the one where the... them overall, Bill. They should have <laughs> went to acting class. You should have gone to acting class, James. We could have been out of this little one-horse town. Yeah. So what's Miss Collins do? She makes them, like, hit, hit these uh, calisthenics, right? Like, just basically beats their asses with... with exercise yep because it is her detention oh. so we get this montage of girls exercising while looking mad rivaled only by rocky balboa <laughs> and it's close it's so close who, who plays chris chris is uh is nancy allen right chris is nancy allen who De Palma later married that son of a bit he took it from you you had no chance well, all I remember is her line saying, shove him up your ass to Miss Collins. And I don't remember. She sure did. Yeah, she walked out of there. She was not having it. So 
with that I don't remember ever having that out. happen in school, though. Like, I, I never had detention with anybody where they were just going to take me out and make me do exercise until I was almost dead. That didn't happen yeah. until, like, football or baseball practice. Yeah, that never... Yeah. We, yeah, you sat in class and did your work. I mean, I mean that's the difference between 76 to 86. Letter. Oh, right. We always had to write was. apology letters. Yeah, that's all we had to do. Amazing. Chris, though, declines all of the rest of detentions from the rest of that day and the next four. So she gets three-day suspension and the refusal of her prom tickets. So she is not taking Billy, a.k.a. John Travolta, to prom. Oh, but they're up to they're up to some things, though. Up to no good. No good at all. So the girls are doing exercises. Carrie is reading in the library about telekinesis. After that is when we see the incredibly healthy relationship of Billy and Chris. And then um, debatably the worst blowjob of all time. Or the best. Mm, listen, worst. Listen, that un... I, I guess un uh, unfiltered, uninhibited... Mm-hmm. Dirty mm-hmm. talk while getting helmet. You mean saying that you hate one of your classmates? Oh yeah, that that yeah. there's n- there's no faster way for me to pop off than to hear her say I hate Rick. <laughs> okay, so we have uh, a beautiful scene. It definitely that. seems like they're up to no good, and then we see Tommy, a cute little juxtaposition. Tommy meets up with Carrie in the library after Sue determines that. He's to ask Carrie to prom to make up for the bad things she did in the locker room. And to be such a logical guy, he agrees to this pretty quickly. Yeah, he seems fine with it. I mean, we don't even seem to see much of Sue explaining what happened. He's just pretty ready to go with it once she's got her mind set. But once he's in the middle of this, he's treating this like a real deal relationship. He definitely seems to have a soft spot for Carrie. Yeah, and... At no point, is he just none the wiser, or is he just cool letting this happen because he knows that somebody's up to no good? I think he just sees how seriously Sue is taking this, and he knows, like, to make her happy, he's going to go along with it. But I also think, on the side, he's like, you know, I think there's more to carry than meets the eye. Because no one really knows her, right? Everybody's just been openly mocking her since they were, like, five. Right, right. But he seems to think there's something more. And for no apparent reason, they've been mocking her. Like, she looks completely normal. I think in casting this, they had something completely different in mind. She's the only one not wearing any makeup in the movie, first of all. And she still looks... That would looks, be a sin. Of course, that would be a sin. And she completely, I guess, there's nothing to look at and say, hey, I'm going to bully this person over these attributes. Usually there's, like, some kind of, like, fucking, I don't know, an acne problem. Or there's, like, a stupid haircut. Or just something that you can point at to say, this is the reason I'm going to pick on this person. But no, there's nothing that I can really, you know, find that's discernible to use as that ammunition. Yeah, she's just not wearing anything debatably bad at volleyball. Yeah, and, like, debatably, like you said, but... When you really look at this, I think the casting was meant to be, and if if you've read the book, and you know, because I have not, there's a possibility that maybe the character Carrie in the book was more of a fluffy girl with some issues, whereas Carrie in the movie just doesn't wear makeup. 
and that and that might not even be a real thing. That might just be, I guess, movie makeup. You know, that that might be m- the movie minimalization of Carrie's character, and not so much the actual Carrie character. Yeah, I don't want to be like that bitch that's like in the book they. But here I will because you mentioned it. They do mention that in the book Carrie's kind of a thick girl with some acne issues. Thick, but with they two even C's. say. Uh, yeah, they just use a CK, but in the year of our Lord 2021, we use two Cs. Mm-hmm. So, but even they mention like with a little cleaning up and maybe a little mascara lipstick, kind of like what Miss Collins says to her after Tommy asked her to the prom, that she could be a really pretty girl. And they do say that she looks beautiful at prom, just like we see. Right. And, and it almost looks like showing up to the prom with Tommy, uh, didn't look out of place. Only if you know Carrie and you know this is the girl that we bully, do you really think, oh, well, that's a weird pairing. Whereas in the book, it's supposed to be visibly a very weird pairing. Yeah. Yeah? Is that fair? But we get the, yeah, absolutely. But we get this prom asking and she kind of panics, leaves immediately. And then she meets up with Miss Collins, who kind of talks her through it, right? She's taken on this caretaker role, which no one else is offering, and walks her through, you know, maybe do this, maybe touch up that. You know, you'll have fun. He's a nice guy kind of thing. Oh, yeah, she would know, right? Because, uh, you know, Tommy's been around forever. He's he's a sweetheart of a guy. He's got this, like, a, a mallet for a D. And so, yeah, go with him. Meanwhile, though, she is asking Sue and Tommy what the hell's going on. To which she gets what reply, though. We're not trying to hurt her. Yeah, we're not trying to hurt her. Which they're we're not. Trying... They are well-intentioned. Maybe yeah, a little misguided. A little misguided, but, I mean, the, all the, uh, the unraveling comes later, and, and that's where shit gets really interesting. But, I mean, I don't want to get, like, too far, but thinking about, I guess, the slaughterhouse uh, scene. Oh, God. Yeah. That one did me in. I like it's to think a sad that one. Yeah, I like to think that my, you know, my food just comes from the store and that's where it originated. Like they have yeah. meat they have meat plants in the back, you know. Yeah, so we do eventually see Carrie say yes, kind of under duress and the, she doesn't accept until he says you like my poem. And then she kind of re- backs up but says yes. And then we cut to the, uh, the, I wouldn't call it a prank. What would you call it? Like prank seems too menial and lighthearted. Well, I mean, it, the assault. Yeah. It may as fucking well be an assault because yeah, I mean, a a prank is what I do to, to James every time I see him and yeah, there's nowhere, nowhere near this level, but yeah, yeah, we'll call it an assault. Assault sounds right. Billy, his group, and Chris go out to a pig farm, and they've got something going on. We know later, of course, what it is, but to the unbeknowing, we're watching this scene, and they're just going to kill pigs and get their blood. Oh, but what for? (laughs) Yeah, and that's ominous. Like, if you... This... Before Carrie, I can't imagine that anyone ever did anything like this. I mean, maybe. Yeah, so we know all this this, years later. Right. Right, no, this this is, um, I think this is a first-time type of thing. Watching the movie 40 years later, it being such an iconic movie, we know what happened. It's alluded to in, you know, many movies that kind of were, you know, I guess, shown in homage. Or, you know, Carrie was shown in homage in many movies later. Uh, I think they brought it up in Scream, uh, you know, using the pig's blood. You know, corn syrup was uh, the pig's blood. Um but for a first-time viewer, not knowing anything, you don't, you've probably got no clue what's about to happen. Yeah, I mean, absolutely not. I 
of course, like, by the time I saw this, I did know what happened because you know about it because it's everywhere. But for a first-time viewer in 1976, there's apprehension. Like, you don't really know. Who here went to prom? I went to prom. Nope, never went to any of them. Never went to prom. Oh, you uppity fuck. <laughs> did you go to prom, Billy? Oh, I went to prom. I went to my senior prom. James? Mm-mm-mm. James isn't going to tell us if he went to prom. It's a secret. Top secret, apparently. I think we've lost James. He was having connection issues earlier, and I believe they are back. Uh, yeah, that's um, a bummer. <clears throat> well, oh, is he back? What? You're back. Welcome yes. back. You get those uh, internet issues worked out? I think so. Good. Did you go to high, Did you go to senior prom? Uh, no. You didn't go to senior prom. I thought. I thought we. Oh no, we hung out after prom when I had to drop my date off at like nine thirty because of her Carrie like parent. That's not true. I'm sorry, <laughs> Kayla. That's not true. It's not true at all. <laughs> I, I mean, these are really nice people, and I'm trying to be funny. So no, I'm, I'm not going to put that evil on them. But I did have to drop her off at nine thirty, and I came back out and went bowling. Um, pretty sure James was there. So any uh-huh. weird, any weird shit happened while you were at prom, guys? I or was it pr- pretty standard? Any, I cannot think of any weird shit that happened at prom. I think it was incredibly standard. The only thing I can think of that I did at prom was, uh, like, did that fucking worm dance that everybody, uh, that at least one jackass out of the crew wants to do. And that was me. <laughs> yeah, n- n- never again. that. Yeah, never again. <laughs> But yeah, that that was me. We basically mocked, uh, or not mocked, but uh, recreated something that was kind of hot at the time in, uh, in 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 wrestling. So that's what we did. But anyway, we're we're at we're at the prom though. Uh, Tommy and Carrie are doing their thing. They are indeed, and they look great. But that immaculate that, though, that immaculate head of hair from Tommy. Well, before we go to prom though, we talk to Carrie's mom again. Ooh, Carrie tells yeah, her mom do. she's going to prom. Her mom doesn't love it, and we basically see a epic throwdown between Carrie and her mom, where Carrie tells her mom things are going to be different. She's not going to her closet, and she stands up to her mom in a really interesting way. Carrie takes back control because she knows that she's no longer subject to, to mom's scrutiny. People are accepting her. She belongs now. And her mom doesn't like that at all because her mom does want her on the outskirts of everything because she believes that everything that normal people are doing is a sin. That and she's losing control. Like one thing that, oh, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, One thing that Carrie's mother needs is control. And the only person that a crazy person like that can control is someone who has to, quote unquote, report to her. And that up until this point has been Carrie. But even when Carrie tells her that she was asked to prom, her mom's throwing tea in her face, and mm-hmm. Carrie comes back with an attitude that is not accepting of that behavior at all. Carrie, we see her getting ready. We see the boys getting ready in a really heartwarming, wholesome scene where they're shopping for tuxedos together. But we see Carrie trying on lipstick. We see her making this decision and sticking to it that she is attending the prom, but her mom's not having it. And good for her. I'm, I'm, I'm all for some, you know teenage rebellion but this is not rebellion this is um this is just taking back control over someone who's basically tyrannical absolutely tyrannical saurus rex (laughs) a tyrannical saurus rex such as carrie's mother 
And I believe we've got some audio teed up of, of that conversation. Red. I might have known it would be red. It's pink. What Tommy gave me, Mama. Aren't they beautiful? I can see your dirty pillow. Everyone. Breasts. They're called breasts. And everyone has them. Take off, Trent. We'll burn it together and pray for forgiveness. Oh, Mama. Well, he's not coming. He is coming, Mama. Now stop it. I'm nervous enough. No, he's not coming. He's not going to come. No way. Stop it, Mama. Stop hurting yourself, Mama. He's going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you. It's not too late. You can stay here with me. I don't want to stay with you, Mama. Look, I'll answer the door and I'll tell him that you're sick. I'll tell him that you changed your mind. Sit down and be quiet. Mama, and don't say a word until I'm gone. Be home early. Love you, Mama. So even Carrie is taking on this situation where she feels like she can be in control, and her mom is still trying to undermine her at every step, telling her that everybody's going to laugh at her, that her prom date's not coming, just trying to make her feel stupid and make her feel like she's powerless once again to get her control back, basically. And, you and know, Carrie's not having it. No, she's not having it at all. And this is, for me, the turning point of everything because this is this means that she's not going to be at prom worrying about um, worrying about anybody's opinions at home. This is her. She's going to have a good time. She's going to be nervous because she's got this uh, Hercules of a man with her. But no, she's running shit from now on. And I, I dig that. I dig this turning point. Standing up to her evil mom, I'm going to go out and have a good time. And literally standing over her because Carrie uses her telekinetic abilities to slam her mom down on the bed twice. Oh, yeah. She's she's starting to, to let loose now. Like, she's coming unglued. And I feel like, I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like this is probably maybe a prelude to what we're going to see. Maybe it's meant to build up to what we're going to see. Because earlier, all we saw was, you know, a cracking mirror and a wobbly ashtray. But... Now we're seeing, you know, actual fighting back, actual taking control of someone and moving them forcefully. Yep. It's going to come to a head and we know what's going to happen. But right now we're seeing just slight, you know, a, a slight incline to what the powers can be. And then we also see everybody's getting preparation for prom, even Chris and Billy's friends. So Billy's friend asked to count ballots for prom king, which seems a little shady. And then we see Sue talking to, to a friend about how Tommy is taking Carrie to prom. Uh, we also, I'd like to check back in with Norma, the girl with the hat. We see her <laughs> with a friend at the hair, ha hairstylist. She's got her head in curlers under the dryer. The hat is perched atop. My favorite. <laughs> but later on, we see her at prom with a hat back on and the hair up. So she just yeah. wanted to like spend all this money and uh, <laughs> and, and not have her perfect hair moment like i know all women desire well sometimes you just go with the hat anyway bill well i know that's what i do the look. it does been many a times i fix my hair and i just decided to put a hat on well when you start combing through that thing and you find that bald spot you say you know what maybe a hat is what i need i ain't got no bald spot bill talking about me 
Oh. <laughs> Relatable content for all of our listeners. <clears throat> well, you know, for you know what, it might not be for all of them, but it is for some of them, and I feel you. Why do I want to? Why do I want to bring up that time I stabbed Miss What's Her Name in the hand with that pencil? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Go ahead. Take the reins. <laughs> it's all you, James. Why do I feel like? <laughs> you said that part that. already. <laughs> I don't know. That would be Miss Patton. I might have dreamed it. I don't know. No, you definitely didn't dream it because you were sitting, uh, you know, three o'clock to me, buddy, right to my right, sitting at the same little two-person desk as I was. This was in our <laughs> sixth grade reading class. Miss Patton was our teacher, and she, well, you know, she she might be dead by now. I don't know. She she was old then, but uh, she was a little bit. She reminded me of Mrs. Havisham from Great Expectations. That's a very deep reference. I realize it, but uh, fuck it. That's who she reminded me of. She was just an old lady who died of a broken heart. But she dressed like Carolyn Ingalls, and James is sitting there at his desk holding his pencil like he's holding a fucking pitchfork, and the, the lead part of it is sticking up instead of down. And she's just passing out papers like there's no tomorrow. And she's what, 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 passing them out like, you know, she's putting, you know, waffles on a plate. Okay. And she puts her hand down to, to put the paper on James's desk and her hand goes right onto that sharpened pencil. And she almost sucked the air out of the room when she went, <laughs> and she grabbed her hand and rushed off and James was like I'm sorry <laughs> it might have been the greatest thing that ever happened to us and the worst thing that ever happened to her other than being dead but it, it's something we're never going to forget James I commend you on uh, remembering that I felt like I had to bring it up Bill I don't know why well rebellious I, it, student it's, it's relevant yeah rebel well you know this was an accidental thing if we would talk about a rebellious student we'll talk about the time James was putting spit on the end of an ink pen and flicking it on the guy in front of him and he put a little bit too much force but, but between the, or behind the flick and the fucking ink pen went flying up to the teacher and as I, I was the only one watching James do this from across the the classroom and when the pen went flying it hadn't even hit the floor yet and james is already like looking off into space like i didn't like i didn't do it i was over here thinking about books and such and the our history teacher mr allen sorry coach allen uh looks up from his book is all right who did it and the class is dead silent because nobody knows what the fuck he's talking about. And only James and I know. And I'm over there laughing my balls off. Like, there's no way Mr. Allen can't just look at me and say, Billy, did you do it? And if you didn't, who did? Because I was the only one laughing. James was scared to death he was going to get busted. And for five minutes, Mr. Allen is like, just tell me who did it. Just tell me he did it, and I'm I'm laughing until my face is purple. He never asked me, and James's response after five minutes of interrogation was, "I didn't mean to." <laughs> and Coach Allen says, "I know you didn't, James." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, what the fuck was all that for, Coach? Like, what was this whole thing for? If you're just gonna bend over when James says, "I didn't mean to." <laughs> And if you're listening, Brandon Castile, it was your neck that James was flicking spit onto. No, I mean it's 20 oh, years man. later, James. Nobody cares. But that that those might be my two most memorable classroom hijinks 
that uh, I can really think of. I'm sorry that went off on uh, such a derailment, but it needed to be said. It did. So Onward. James, what are you prom. doing over there? Are you sitting on a fucking leather bean bag and just like scooting your ass around on it? <laughs> no, I can tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> are you hunt? Are you hunting foxes right now? What, what's going on? Release the hounds! <laughs> well, I know I'm sitting here pulling the rubber ends off this microphone you gave me. Well, that's the worst thing in the world to do. That's all I can hear. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you're James. I didn't mean to. I know you're James. <laughs> Carry on, Casey. I'm. I apologize on behalf of my no. water-headed friend. <laughs> so we see possibly the dizziest headed scene friend? in history. Say it again. I gotta hear it. Water-headed, James. Water-headed. Oh, okay. Because you shake your head and all you can hear is water slashing around in there. Woo! <coughs> okay, we're back did to it. Did you guys get dizzy at this dancing scene, though? For real, I oh, did. Yeah, I had I'm dizzy right now. So, cool. I, so what they did was they didn't. I don't think they spun the actors right. They did some kind of situation where. Um, or maybe they did spin them in one direction and then and the camera was going the other, the other. And it just made it look like, I don't know what you'd call it. It's like two times. Yeah. Well, nauseating is a perfect word. Yeah. I always have to look away. I've seen this movie a million times, but I always have to look away during that part. Well, I was watching the movie on my laptop and I didn't get too dizzy from it, but I did think, man, that does not look like just a regular spin. So I had to look it up and I did see that. It was done, you know, with the the two way opposite direction spin. Is this what you tried to send me, Bill? What? I didn't try to send you anything. That spinning shit. Uh, No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. What what I sent you, James, was just showing you a scene from the movie that I was watching it. Maybe as a reminder that either a hey, you need to watch this movie before the podcast recording, or B, if you haven't seen this movie in, or if you haven't seen this scene in the movie you watched, then you've watched the wrong movie. You know I watched this movie, Bill. Well, just killing two birds with one stone. Two birds, two stones with one bird. I'm always on top of my homework. Yeah, yeah. We do, though, see them kiss during the dance. Again, taken aback by that, because I didn't think Tommy was that far into this. But, I mean, he's, he's playing the role, you know? I think he's really having a good time with her. They're getting to know each other. They're having fun. They're dancing. He, get her, he gets her some punch. All that classic shit. But then they're having a good time on the dance floor. He teaches Carrie how to dance. And it's fun. She's yeah, having he, a great time. For her first big outing, she, he's doing the world for this girl. You yeah, went to a senior prom, Bill? Yes, I did. And Tommy was doing the world for her. You know, he he basically that night hung the moon for Carrie White. Of course I, I went to the senior prom, James. Hey, the time of my life. That's what we're watching next week, by the way. Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. That's good. Yeah, well, Nobody yeah. puts baby in a corner. James I'm going to watch a movie him. I want to watch. Yeah, we're watching Dirty Dancing. I said that. I like Dirty Dancing. So... At one point, Patrick though, is a man among men. We see man among Sue boys? sneaking. He could be a man among men too. Damn, he's an angel among boys. Well, all oh, right, yeah. you're not wrong now. R.I.P. Patrick. We Swayze. see truth. We see Sue sneak into prom through the side door. We get a glimpse of Norma kicking the real prom ballots under a table and revealing a stack of fake ballots that she gives to them to count. 
And we see Chris and Billy under the stage and get a glimpse of the bucket balanced precariously atop the stage. So we look, what we're seeing is Tommy and Carrie getting set up to be prom king and queen with a bucket atop them for some reason that we don't and, know yet. And it feels like this, this whole sequence prior to, you know, hitting, hitting go on the actual prank, if you will, it feels like this whole thing is 30 years long. And all of it's in slow motion. I did watch a, I have the <clears throat> DVD of Carrie and in some of the bonus features, they have uh, like two mini documentaries. And one of them is the making of the movie, which is actually fascinating. If you can get a hold of the DVD of Carrie or even see if this is on YouTube, it might be. Um, De Palma talks about getting this, what he called a figure eight shot during the prom. And it's basically not a tracking shot, but a shot around the room in kind of a figure eight motion to see everything that's going on. And that's what's happening right now when we see everything and we see what's about to go down. Now, of course, we see Tommy and Carrie voted as prom king and queen. They voted for themselves, even though Carrie wasn't originally about to. And one thing that I love is that he says, to the devil with false modesty, she repeats him, we see where the ballot is checked for them, and suddenly the screen glows red from one of the lights in the gym. Ominous, appealing, and foreshadowing to what's to come. Yeah, and like things are about to get absolutely batshit crazy in what is easily a top 10, well, we can't call it the final scene, but at least a, a top 10 horror movie climax. I'm putting that in my top five, but I agree. I won't argue with top five. But it's easily top 10. Yeah. So we see Sue is kind of the one who clues us in to the rope going up to the bucket. She's trying to figure out what's happening. Miss Collins sees her, thinks she's up to something, and pulls her back from the stage as she's trying to set a warning. The rope is pulled, and Carrie and Tommy, who looks so happy, are Carrie is covered in blood. Absolutely top to bottom covered in pig's blood, which is disgusting embarrassing and horrifying yeah and it was one of those things where she was warned by her mother that everyone was gonna laugh at her. and that's and, all she hears and that's all she hears and you know we, we questioned tommy's motives earlier and we see that once this happens he turns and uh, th th that bucket hits him in the back of the head knocks him out um you know we see that he wasn't expecting that at all and his intentions were pure but I mean, this even Miss uh, Collins, you know, trying to help matters. It's not enough. Shit's about to go down. Like Carrie's had enough. Yep. And what do we so see? So everything starts to go down. So she hears all her bullying. Bullying. Good lord. She is one moment having the greatest night of her life. Gets a kiss on stage from her date, who she, you know, he's a popular kid. She's never been a popular kid. She's having a great time. Now she's covered in blood. He gets knocked down, possibly out, by the bucket. The lights go red, and Carrie locks all the doors, and she turns on a fire hose. And we're just seeing people fall left and right, getting sprayed down by the hose, right? Oh, yeah, they're getting yeeted left and right. The water hose is getting them. The fucking, uh, the, the doors are closed on them. They're all panicking. It's didn't, like, didn't some girl get it's like, it's, it's like the, the yes, it's, it's like the, uh, inglorious bastard scene. Um, uh, you know, in, in the movie theater, spoiler alert, but it, the, they can't get out. They're, they're trapped. Shit's, you know, the, the, the water hose is going crazy. A fire has broken out. Everyone. Well, most everyone is about to be fried to a crisp. Or burned, because, alive. or burned or, or alive. Or burned alive. 
were shocked to death by the microphone. That was uh, one yeah. of my, yeah, that one was a really good one. Uh, what, what does she drop in the, uh, like she drops something in the water, right? Yeah. Um, I think, is it one of the lights? <clears throat> Maybe it's one of the lights that drops into the water and, um, and turns in the punch bowl. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, th- this is this is what you get, though. You know, this is we what you also, get. We also had a question from one of our listeners, which was, why do you think Carrie killed the teacher that was nice to her so brutally? We see Miss Collins get basically slammed almost in half by a rafter in the gym. That's what you it know, was. I thought about that as well, and the only thing I can chalk that up to is blind rage. That's what I kind of thought, too. I don't think it was pointed. That's what you call collateral damage. I mean, Col- like, yeah. perfect thing about this way. Also, a good movie starring my hero Arnold Schwarzenegger. And 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 the building's burning up, and the fire's going on. She shuts the fucking door. Yeah, she locks the doors. Like, Sue gets out. Like, now we see Sue get out. We see Billy and Chris get out, but everyone else is in the gym. Yeah, she shuts the door. Like sure Billy does. and Chris get out, and those are the two culprits basically you know a, yep. w- with the highest level of culpability and they're the ones that get out but i mean they don't make it far so she kills almost everyone at the prom amazing scene and then she leaves Just well doesn't, doesn't billy and uh the girl's name i can never remember her name Chris. um yeah they get in the car they try to run her over and then she makes the car swerve and then wreck and she blows it up she does she yeah She's killing anyone and everyone in sight, and obviously they attack her. Again, but... this, this this climax is amazing. First of all, you always want the uh, the bullied to get their revenge. Yeah, and she this, more than got that. If we're naming like movies where people got a righteous amount of revenge, this is my number one. Like this girl has been nothing but bullied and abused her entire life, and the one night that she thought she had was taken away from her, <sighs> and she. Takes it out on everyone. She makes it absolutely everyone's problem. Now it is sad that Miss uh, Mrs. Collins had to uh, you know to bite the dust as well. Yeah, but I mean th- that's just how it went. That Mrs. Collins, even though she tried, she couldn't stop. She couldn't stop the bullying. She she couldn't stop. I guess she couldn't stop this night from happening. I don't I don't know why she couldn't take away the the rights of you know all these women to to come to the prom. I guess she only got Chris and uh, well Chris mainly. I was going to say and Billy. I don't even know that Billy goes to the school, does he? In the book he does. In the movie they don't really make it clear. They don't really say. Well, I thought he did go to school in the movie. Does he not? What? I thought he did go to her school in the movie. Does he not? We never really show him at the school. We just show him outside of the school being a hoodlum. Okay. Well, I mean, for, for Carrie, though, all's well that ends well. And uh, if revenge was her idea of ending well, then it ended really fucking well. Well, and it continues ending when she gets home. We see her get home. We see her yet again naked. We see titties once more. But she cleans herself. She takes a bath. She rinses all the blood off, which, of course, I'd rather do the same. I did read, before I go further, that rather than change and get blood dumped on her again, Sissy Spacek basically lived in this outfit and covered in blood for three days for continuity purposes for the filming of the movie. Slept in it. Slept in it. Pretty gross, but... That's dedication. Yeah, absolutely. Absolute, so, absolute dedication. You know, because of this movie, Sissy Spacek gets just so much more respect for me. I mean, I've seen her in a lot of stuff. Man, listen, at this center where I work, um, they play a lot of Tennessee music throughout the night. And about five o'clock every fucking night, 
I've got to hear Loretta Lynn's Don't Come Home <laughs> Drinking with Loving on Your Mind. And I hate her for it. And when I think Sissy Spacek, one of one of a few iconic roles would be that of Loretta Lynn in Coal Miner's Daughter. I do kind of resent her for that. However, she's actually got nothing to do with that. But this movie alone projects Sissy Spacek into the stratosphere. So we see her get home. When we see her walk into the bathroom, we've got another one of those cool shots that I like where we see Carrie in the front ground and her mom hiding behind the bathroom uh, door in the background. Mm-hmm. Creepy. When Carrie comes out of the background, her mom kind of goes into a weird regaling of her conceivement. Conception is the word that I'm seeking. Yes. Um, talks about how Carrie's dad was drunk and that she enjoyed having sex, even though she says that intercourse is the first sin. She's got this absolute fixation, if not obsession, with sexuality and how it is a, to her a sin, which is worse than any crime imagined. Yeah, and it seems like she's only really worried about the uh, the, the sins of, you know, uh, the revolve around sex. So yeah, th this is like a, a major projection on the carry throughout the movie. And for this to be a movie that starts with a girl getting her period. And like the, um, our listener said, it's a coming of age movie. It's a coming of age movie that deals with a lot of teen sexuality. And the, the Carrie's mom is having none of it. She is basically crucifying Carrie for that. And in return, Carrie crucifies her. Yeah, very Margaret much so. stabs her in the back, chases her through the house, which is wall-to-wall -wall candles, by the way, and Carrie levitates knives at her, stabbing her hands into the, like, wall frame around her, and then knives into her body, uh, mimicking the statue of St. Sebastian, right? Yes, correct. So, I, I guess there's a, uh, a dispute of continuity, not really continuity, of just a goof, I guess. A, a blooper, something that shouldn't be but is, that we see Carrie's mother dead, standing straight up with hands, you know, knived into the into the door framing. But it's it, it's it's done that way on purpose to mimic the posing of the Saint Sebastian statue. Very uh, very nice ending for the mom. But, yeah, well, well, yeah, for us viewing, you know, the mom. Carrie gets her revenge on everybody, a little bit of collateral damage, but she gets out of the clutches of her mother, at least for the time being. I don't think Carrie meets the same, or I don't think Carrie meets a, a positive ending after this. No, I will say about the shot where her mom is getting stabbed, what they did was they were pulling the knives out, like they, they were placed on her and they pulled them out and then ran the film backwards so it looked like she was being stabbed, which I thought was neat. Yeah, um, very neat. So Carrie then destroys the house, raining like small boulders, basically, into the house, which crushes it and destroys it, taking her with it. Mm -hmm. Again, there's got to be some kind of deeper, you know, reference that comes from this. Maybe biblical, I don't know. Um, maybe somebody else is going to have more information on that. But this ending... You almost had to know that Carrie wasn't going to make it through the movie. I mean, because you don't just go on a rampage like that and not become, you know, the target of, you know, police, uh, the military, someone. So you have to think that she's not just going to live happily ever after. And, you know, taking her own, I don't know if she meant to take her own life. She just didn't get out of the house as, you know, those, you know, the rocks were falling. But it's a fitting end, I guess. 
Very sad, though. She didn't deserve it, yeah. but it's what she got. Where did those rocks come from, Bill? They were asteroids, James. Hmm. How do you know she didn't make it out? She's got superpowers. It's true. It's true. I think she had a lot of regret towards killing her mom, though, because immediately after she's, like, yanking her mom back out of the wall and crying, you know, calling out for her mom, who is unfortunately dead. And I think with all the revenge that she took, there's still that little girl inside of her who's scared of the world around her and kind of can't believe what she did. And those superpowers, James... Yeah, those superpowers, James, aren't, aren't just, you know, any type of superpower. It's only telekinesis. So having these, you know, rocks, you know, fall into her home and then her home implode onto her um, doesn't keep her safe just because she knows how to, uh, you know, move an ashtray with her mind. Well, she could have made a, a shield around her, though, Bill. What kind of shield, James? It's only telekinesis. A telekinesic she, she, shield. Did, did, did she, like, surround herself with fine china from the kitchen? Bill. Here we go. There's one thing I've learned about special powers. Oh, just one. Most of the time you can build, make a shield around you with your powers. Okay, so I guess that's a a hard rule. If you've got special powers, built in with those special powers is the ability to play Fortnite with your surroundings. (laughs) I don't know what that was. I don't know what Fortnite is. (laughs) But yes. I don't Duly know noted. what Fortnite is, but absolutely. Ask your neighbor, James. Yeah. I don't have Duly any noted. neighbors, Rick. Yeah, go, ask out and... <laughs> go ask the crazy lady living in your barn. She's gone. She'll... I called the law on her. The law. <clears throat> okay, well, I mean, that's all I've got for this law, movie, man. Call the law that's all podcast. you've got? Well, I mean, that's that, the scariest part. That's not the scariest part. The scariest part is being locked in a fucking gymnasium and being burned alive. Pretty scary, but we do have to talk at the end of the end. Okay. Yeah, because I had a, que- a couple questions. I understand. Oh, this is what you had the question. So, as a quick overview, Sue, the only actual survivor of the prom, is kind of having like a post-traumatic stress reaction, right? Her mom's talking about how she didn't let her go to the funerals because it was too hard and that she's sleeping a lot. She's doing better, but she was having issues. And in this sequence, we see her carrying flowers. We see the remains of Carrie's house with a for sale sign vandalized that says Carrie White burns in hell. And Sue, who still feels this level of retribution, right? Like she still wants Carrie... She wanted the best for Carrie. She really did. She feels bad for what she did. She atoned by having Tommy take her to the prom. And she's putting flowers on more or less what her grave would be. And suddenly, what happens? Carrie's bloody fucking arm shoots out from beneath the gravel and grabs her forearm. Now we see Sue wake up that it's a dream. Mm -hmm. Well, guess who had the shield powers? Oh my god, she's not alive. It was a dream. <laughs> or was it because she's telekinetic? Tell her what? You know what I'm trying to say, Bill. She's a telekinetic person. <laughs> she sure as hell is. She's the most telekinetic person I've ever met. I know Stephen King tells a, tells a story of he and his wife going to see this movie. Now, I should say, I again, I'm not trying to be that bitch that's like, well, the book did this. The book does have a completely different ending than the movie. And Stephen King actually said he prefers the movie's ending. I won't say what the book says, but, you know, if you're interested, go read it. It's a great book. Stephen King hated this movie. Look. Stephen King loves this movie. Stephen King absolutely loves this movie. Stephen King hated this book. 
If he might have hated the book. King's worst book, I'd like to introduce him to a lot of his books. Yeah. So. You better pump the brakes on that one. <laughs> that man's a national treasure. No, I love Stephen King so much, but he's written way worse. Yeah, he's written some garbage, but he's also Absolute written some garbage. great, some great books. But, but yeah. he what, what about Rick's about question? He's the garbage. Yeah, let's get Rick's question first. Okay, so when she reaches up from the, you know, what used to be her house, does that imply that Carrie's still alive? No, she's dead. Yes. It's a dream. Okay, but right. if it's a dream, then she was dreaming. Does that mean everything was was a dream then? No. She can control your mind. Well, oh. no. Oh, gosh. Now she's got this extra power <laughs> that was never mentioned in the movie. No, just the She's got mind speak, Bill. It's in the book. Just the sequence with Sue is the dream. Carrie is dead. She okay. talks to Sue in the book. She does. That's true. Before she dies. It's heavy. But yeah, Rick, that sequence is a dream. Carrie is dead. Okay. Is, is there a Carrie 2? Is there a sequel? Not. There's no book. There is a movie. Um, okay. Carrie 2. But it's not Back Stephen King prom. based. Okay. <laughs> it was The Rage Carrie 2, right? But it wasn't the sequel to this movie. It was the sequel to... Um, the made-for-TV movie, maybe? No, the made-for-TV movie came out in 2002, and I think Carrie the Rage came out in the late 90s. Hey, well, there went my theory. But it's not about Carrie. It's about someone else related to her, maybe, I think? Mm-hmm. Terry. It's about Terry. <laughs> Did you say Terry? <laughs> Telekinetic Terry. T.T. <laughs> Telekinetic Telekinetic uh, Terry. <laughs> 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 Tyrannosaurus Terry. <laughs> tyrannical so. Terry. Tyrannical Terry, the telekinesic. <laughs> the telekinesic Tyrannosaurus. I will okay. say, Stephen King tells a story about watching the movie, and you know, the ending is different, so he's not sure what to expect. I mean, I'm sure he was part of the process of the movie, but he's seeing it play out for the first time. And he said that there were two bigger guys in front of him that were basically, like, grabbing each other and squealing like children when her arm reaches out from the grave. And that's when he knew it was going to be a really big thing. And according to him in that story, like, one of the guys was, oh, no, I'm done. That, <laughs> yeah. That, that's, the, that's, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't like movie theaters, but when I do go, that's what I like to hear. Oh, no, baby, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying anything. You don't have to. You definitely You've said don't enough. have to. I'm about to write a story. Is it about werewolves? It's called Tyrannical Terry and His Telekinesic Ways. Please write. <laughs> Please write it. I'll read every word. Every single crayon written <laughs> word. <laughs> every last word. It's all one run-on sentence. <laughs> <laughs> 300 pages of no punctuation. And Terry went from being in one period. <laughs> and Terry goes from being uh, uh, having telekinesis to having Tourette's to being a pterodactyl. <laughs> to, to being a werewolf. <laughs> Turns out he was a werewolf all along. Baby. All along. God, what a book. New York Times bestseller. Twist. That's a twist I'm putting on it. <laughs> But it's not even in the book. It's on the back cover. Yeah. <laughs> on the about the author section. We did have, let me get back to it. We did have another question, which was, was the way the mother was killed supposed to mirror the closet Jesus? Because I think most of us thought it was Jesus. And of course, we agreed that it did. We can call uh, him the Closet other... Jesus. It's cool. yeah, Closet sure. Jesus? What's that? Closet Jesus. Closet Would Jesus. Is... praying the Sebastian yeah. statue? In, 
Yeah, in the closet. Sebastian when she, Bach. Yeah, when she was praying to Sebastian Bach in the closet, um, that that's the statue. It's not actually Jesus. It's Saint. Were you even listening before James? It was Saint Sebastian. Oh yeah, it might have been. But yeah, that's uh, the the mother died in specifically in that pose to uh, to mimic the statue. That is uh, definitely something I read up on and can confirm. Thank you for the question. I've got a question. Oh, go ahead. Where are these questions coming from? Okay, Listeners. that is a great question. Um, I posted on the Final Girl Casey Instagram the option for. I said we record soon. Do you have any thoughts you have or moments that you'd like us to discuss? And we got three questions. Uh, one of them was why she killed the teacher brutally. One of them was the closet Jesus. And they also asked, what do you think Sue thought about Tommy kissing Carrie at prom? Now, my thoughts on this was Sue was pretty bothered by some other stuff going on, and I'm not even sure she t- took note of it. Oh, no. Totally doubt it. But she, you know she was watching because there was nothing else going crazy at that time. She saw it happen, and she didn't like it. But it doesn't mean that she signed off on everything that happened. I think she still had complete good intentions for Carrie and probably, you know, didn't think a whole lot of it. I don't know. That's a vulnerable age. You know, seeing uh, seeing the old BF uh, putting the, the dorky girl in the figure four lip lock doesn't mean that, uh, you know, she's going to break up with him. But she was probably a little bothered by it. You know how you gals are. We gals. Y'all gals. Aren't all the same. But True. She just does does still have this dream about going to put flowers on Carrie's grave. So I think ultimately there still is that guilt and that she wishes things had been better for Carrie. Right? Oh, most certainly. I think we can agree on that. Most certainly. So. I've actually got, I've I've actually got a listener review and it is a, it is a doozy of a review. And this this is the greatest thing no however it is something that is right up your alley james and you're gonna see why here in just a second this is actually coming from my dear older sister chris okay this is short for christine i'm Um, all ears oh yeah listen to this james this is wonderful i started to watch the original with a little skepticism i'm a huge stephen king fan but the books are always better than the movies to me i wanted this one to be good because I'll tell you in a second. The movie will reflect on me. The tone of the movie was true to the book and the acting was okay for this kind of movie. I couldn't decide if I wanted to continue on her path of destruction or the protagonist to prevail. At this point, I'm wondering, wait a minute, what's going on in this in this note here? And then it said, obviously she needed to be crushed into a cube. But when I saw the twitch of the grill, you go girl, two thumbs up. My sister watched Christine, not Carrie. And that is what this <laughs> review is for. Christine is definitely good for a rewatch though. Sounds oh, yeah. like my kind of gal. <laughs> one of my favorites. Love that film. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge Stephen King fan, but the books are always better than the movies to me i wanted this one to be good because my name is christine the movie will reflect on me now i don't know if i told her hey we're gonna review the movie christine i don't think i would have said that because i would have been like no wait your name is christine we're gonna watch carrie it's still up in the air we're still talking about that that is the one with the car i like that one a lot better than this so my sister christine watched the movie christine 
because I we were going to review it. I understand. Yeah. Well, I'm not explaining it to you, James. I'm giving a little. I'm setting the table here I'm for the listeners. I'm glad she watched Christine and not Carrie. If she had watched Carrie, she'd been upset. And you don't want that. Much like I am. <laughs> so I think Once it's time again, for us to get to how we felt. And James has already started his. James, give us your thoughts and feelings. Once again, I did not see a werewolf in this picture. Sure. <laughs> so I give it at least two thumbs up. How many thumbs do you have to give? At least. <laughs> Five. At least two. Okay, so James has five thumbs. I gave it two thumbs out of five. Are you looking at all these thumbs on one hand, James? Because those are fingers. Yes. Okay, James gives two fingers out of five up. So basically a finger gun? Yes, a finger gun. It was gun. mediocre at best. Stephen yeah. King said it best when he threw that book in the trash. I'm tired of this shit. Oh my god. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm a big fan of this movie. Sissy Spacek kills it completely and it is one of my favorite Stephen King flicks I won't say it is my very favorite there are a couple more that I'm a bigger fan of but the iconic scenes at the end make this an all-time great Rick how'd you feel uh I would say after not seeing it you know it's been over 10 years since I've seen it and going back to it uh definitely uh uh like 8.7 out of 10 for sure I really enjoyed it. So, are you giving decimal points? <laughs> I thought we were going. That's an eight point seven on the Richter scale. <laughs> I would say eight and a half, eight and a half out of ten. All right. Okay, so why did you take off the point two? Just to please you. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. <laughs> it's your opinion, so... Rick. You ain't got to please nobody. No, especially <laughs> that bastard over there. <sighs> So, Rick gave it an 8.5. James, if we multiply yours up to an out of 10, you gave it a 4. Billy, what's your rating here? I'm going to give it an 8.3. Okay. Hard-headed. So, I will say, this is my favorite Stephen King book. This is my favorite Stephen King movie. And this is one of my all-time favorite movies as a whole. I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Oh, those are impossible standards to meet up. Like, nothing's ever going to be better than that. Nothing that we ever review on this podcast is going to be better. Things can be as good as that. Okay, okay. But it's it's one of my favorites. 10 well, out of 10. You That's know, quite a statement. You know what we're waiting for, Casey. We can't wrap this thing up until you tell us what we're watching this week to Is review it next week. the movie for next week? All right. I've thought about this. Young Guns Been 2. Been thinking. It is not Young Guns 2. I am so sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll make you famous. <laughs> we're going to watch your next a home invasion movie from the biggest fan of home invasion you're ever gonna meet. You're next, and you know What's what? The movie? You're next. That's the name of the movie. Yes, that is the name of the movie. Oh lord, <laughs> James! All you need to know is fucking Barbara Crampton's in it. So shut your mouth. Who? She. Barbara Crampton is in this movie. Who's Barbara Crampton? Oh, she's in Reanimator. Oh my, can't talk to you now. It's a good movie. So, it's on. Okay, so last time the Reanimator that Carrie was on Hulu and Amazon Prime. It's actually on Showtime because I didn't realize that it's an add-on for Amazon Prime and Hulu. This one says it's on Hulu. Don't quote me on that. Check it out and see where you can find it. But you're next. Seek it out. Starring Barbara Krampus. <laughs> Casey, works. wrap this thing up. I'm I'm done. Stick a fork in me. Hey, Casey. Just so they know, it is on uh, Epic's now streaming service, Amazon Prime, uh, Philo, 
and Sling TV and YouTube. Where, TV. where was this movie made? 2012, maybe? 11? Okay. <laughs> Tune in next week when I actually enjoy the movie we're watching. Tune in next week to see if James watched the movie that we're watching. <laughs> I always right. watch the movie. From Billy Graves, James, Rick, and Final Girl Casey. Thank you so much for listening. We watch Carrie, and next week, join us for your next. This is a Slasher Sports production.